This episode of the Horse Feed UK was brought to you by Just Hooves. They can be found on Facebook and will also be featured on the Horse Feed UK website, which is due to launch in early July. Hello, baby. Hi guys, welcome back to episode 6 of the Horse Feed UK podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Up first, myself and Amy are going to catch up on the latest equestrian news and gossip, followed by an interview with Jane from Just Hooves, who gives us some handy hints and suggestions on how we can help keep our horses' feet healthy. Towards the end of the show, we've got our rider review segment. This time it's with Beth and she's found a really great product in B&M Bargains that I think you're all going to love. Following this, as always, we've got our social media shout outs across Instagram, Facebook and Digital Horse. We're also going to be announcing the results of the online horse showing competition that we sponsored for May. So stay tuned for that. We hope that you enjoy this episode of the show, whatever you're doing, whether it's poo picking, mucking out or sitting down with a nice cup of tea. We always want to know what you think and you can get us at any time across the internet on all forms of social media and our website will be coming soon. As promised, we're back with Amy Boland this week. She's bringing us the latest equestrian news and gossip. Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Always all right. Thank you. Thank you. Very well. Very well. Um, so what have you been up to? What's new? Tell us the gossip. Uh, not much gossip, really. More of the same. Shows are starting to talk about uh, starting again in July. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've got a few clinics. I've seen on Facebook, it's nice to see. Some socially distanced arena eventing at places, a couple of little dressages. They seem to be the easier ones to be able to get going and social distance at. The shows are still very hit and miss. The BRC still haven't given the go-ahead yet. So if you're with a riding club who is governed by the BRC, don't expect an update yet until they release the next statement. Ah, right, I did wonder. The, so it's, it's the British riding clubs that haven't updated, so no riding yes. clubs able to update at the moment. The right. last... The last announcement from them was very much not at the minute. Right. They're looking into it. They're trying to find ways of going about it and how to social distance. Every club's different. Every club's laid out differently and has their own rules and regulations anyway. But they are, a lot of them, governed by that governing body. So their hands are pretty much tied at the minute. So hang fire and hopefully some things will start getting moving. In regards to shows, the BSPS, though, they've had a lot of people asking about ages because... Obviously, you show pony, show hunter classes. Oh. Your junior ridden M and M's are all age limited. Of course, some people were missing out on last, the last year. Right. Yes. Okay. So you, it might be your last year in intermediates. It might be your last year in first ridden. So they've had a lot of people contacting and seeing whether they'll change the ages. Right. So that they get them next year. They've finally come back and said no. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, right. Interesting. Uh, mm. Were you surprised by that decision? Not really, because I think they'd have to do it every year. It's going to linger on. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'd push their age brackets up. They've been set in stone for quite some time. It's obviously going to be so disappointing for people that they're in the final year. Yeah, yeah. Finally, probably just got that perfect pony, just got it going how they wanted, and then obviously COVID's <sighs> happened and it's... They've lost that year now. It's like that last year at school, though, or anything that, that people yeah. that are missing that, isn't it? It's really unfortunate, but... 
Yeah. yeah. So they've finally come back and announced that no, they will not be changing the, the ages, unfortunately. So, moving on, what have you been up to? I know a little bit what Amy's been up to. <laughs> we're laughing now. Should we just get this out of yeah, the way? Yeah, come on, where did we go? So, we went to Summerford. Yes, we did. And in me and my wisdom, not jumped properly for quite some time because obviously, last time we spoke, Harmony was lame. Yes. She's now fully fit, back to normal, no problem. So, yeah, nice sunny day. Let's go to Summerford, but not round the farm ride. Let's go and book the cross country. You can see where this is going, can't you? So, not jump for ages. Horse hasn't been out for ages. Side, get there. Nice day. Really quiet. Really You know it's a worry when I'm the responsible party with you. I'm the responsible adult going along. Yeah, (laughs) Sam came to basically take pictures and make sure I didn't kill myself. She failed on all accounts. (laughs) So... We head down to the cross country, really quiet. It's a fantastic oh, it was setup. Lovely. Everybody was so friendly, it was really nice, really nice. And I went, Come on, it's really quiet, we'll go and do the water complex first. So we trundled Yeah. So we trundled over, give her a bit of a trot and canter around in and out of the water, make sure there was no issues because it's been a while since we've done anything like this, like well over a year. So she's in and out of the water, no problem, jumped a couple of ledges, jumped a couple of smaller jumps. And then anyone that's familiar with Summerford knows there is three steps down and then you jump into the water. So Harmony decided she didn't want to go down the first steps. We had a bit of a row and eventually she gave in. And when we got to the bottom step, we did this. Yeah, I fell off in the water. That was a big splash. That was it. It was a big splash. And I got very, very wet. And as you can hear from the video, Sam was really concerned. Devastated. (laughs) Not with how I was and that I was okay. I was perfectly fine. I was laughing. I was wet, but I was laughing. But we didn't get it on film. We only have the audio. There was was one that literally I watched her go in and there was like... There was just one second where me and Harmony, after the splash, we just we just stood and watched, and then Amy came up from the water. <laughs> she couldn't have got wetter, really. It no. was like I'd asked before. She got in. How deep is it, Amy? She said, oh, not that much. Foot and a half. I wouldn't have thought you could have covered you in a foot and a half no. water, but you disappear completely in that splash. So I found it Hilarious. hellishly enjoyable. No, I did because Amy just never falls off, and Amy su- and Harmony's such a good pony, and. You know, she she's she's always like, you know, straight away, as soon as her wet face came up above the water, she had a big grin on it, you know. <laughs> she was fine despite the algae all oh. over her body protector. Um, so I was doubled over and just, like I said, devastated that I didn't get it on film. So she came out and, you know, cracked on after that. Straight Maybe back Maybe try on. the water last next time because it yeah. was a soggy ride round. You soon However, dried off. I dried off after we, we carried on. We went round, we redid the steps. I didn't lean as far back this time, <laughs> so I didn't get left behind. Lessons learned. Uh, yeah. So we got something from it, not just wet. We went off. We jumped a load more different jumps. We did some ditches, some See steps. See photos on Amy's Instagram. Amy yep. Bowen's Native Ponies. Really nice. And the photographer was fantastic that The day. photographer was sacked. That was me, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a great day. Um, but, yeah, she, I definitely got my own back. Stood there laughing at me about falling off because you did what the next day? I fell off. <laughs> How? We were in walk, mate. I don't quite know what happened. One minute we were in walk, the next minute I was 
oh i'm on the floor <laughs> quite suddenly um yeah i just think he went one way i went the other we're both still learning um but it was almost like i've only been ice skating once because i don't balance very well on my feet never mind on thin blades and i remember the first time i went ice skating i went around so tense every muscle in my body was so tense because i was terrified of falling falling over and in the end i obviously fell over and it's oh that wasn't as bad as i thought it was a little bit of a similar thing with with the baby pony because I fell off and it was like by the time I realized I was coming off I was like oh and then I hit the floor and it's oh that wasn't that wasn't anywhere near as far as it was <laughs> off the big horse I can cope with that so but yeah it did feel a little bit like oh well first karma. one's out the way Ka- yeah and, and first one's out the way but then karma because I'd laugh like a drain when <laughs> you've fallen <laughs> off the day before but so we're, we're two for two um you're going on another ride with your yard people tomorrow we mm-hmm. might have accidentally planted the seed that you know somebody else three for three is it will due a not fall off. be me it won't be amy <laughs> i'm determined it's not going to be me so um yeah we'll we'll see how you know give me an update on that amy fingers crossed that it isn't three for three and that it's just me and my comeuppance for laughing so hard at you and that nobody else did so yeah. they'll all be fine but yeah so that was um that was our fortnight. It's um, it's it's nice to know that things are getting going again. It was fa- we've been on Facebook, um, and it's been fantastic. We've seen so many posts of people sort of getting back and having the lessons and going out and doing stuff with the horse, which is absolutely lovely. It's been really great to see, and a few of you've commented and tagged and you know shown us what you've been up to, which we absolutely love seeing. So yeah, so that's a bit of an update from us. Like we said, stay tuned for the website. Um, that's going to get launched on. We're hoping for the sixth of July, and there's the cover star competition and the brand ambassador search starting there so yeah check us out we'll be posting more details on socials soon thank you amy for that update thank you so today we're chatting with jane from just hooves who's a barefoot trimmer i'm super excited to be here with jane because <laughs> she's one of the loveliest people that i know um jane's going to tell us a little bit about just hooves and how she how she started that company wow well it's been quite a recent thing over the last five years that my business occurred that just hooves came about but as a whole i think it's probably something that happened about 15 mm. years ago um completely by accident and um i think it was just owning horses again um and having problems with them and trying to find a different answer a different way of doing it because everything that i've been trying wasn't working um and i think the, the biggest person that came into my life at that time when I was discovering all this stuff was um, a really lovely guy called Nick Hill um, and he came along and helped me with my horse that I had at the time. Um, nobody else had helped me or nobody seemed to give me an answer or everybody just wanted to charge me lots of money to try and find out what was wrong and he came along and just um, gave me some really good advice and supported me um, and got me going riding my horse barefoot and it was just magic. So what sort of problems have you encountered up to getting to that point of thinking, right, this isn't right? Had you had your horse shod? Um, what made you decide that barefoot was the route for you and sort of got you introduced to that? Um, I think it's quite strange really, but uh, quite funny because I've I had two young children and I just wanted like a bit of time to myself again. And yeah. so I decided to get a horse. And when I got this horse, he was just the most beautiful thing. And I just, everything that I could ever imagine. So um, we started riding and he was shod um, and then I keep going down to go and take him out again and he pulled his shoes off. Yeah. Um, I think he probably overreached. He's completely come off and the hoof was completely wrecked and there was um, a bit of damage on the heel bolt. Yeah. 
And to begin with, I, I was kind of scratching my head because my knowledge was so small and I was so traditional. And, and the guy that came to do my horse feet was so lovely and um, he was really reliable and stuff. Um, but when he came, he said, oh, well, actually what we could do is this and we could grow the hoof a little bit differently. And, um, and I was like, so does that cost more money or, you know, is yeah. that going to be expensive? And he's like, no, no, it's okay, maybe just a little bit more. But then it, it kept happening and it, it happens until the point where he came and he said, look, Jane, I'm really sorry, but I can't shoe your horse anymore right. because it just can't hold a shoe. And so I ended up kind of going down with my kids. I think one of them was in a pushchair and looking at this just beautiful horse that I've got in the field and I couldn't ride it. Right. And, I, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? Because you know? no shoes on your horse. Yeah, because yeah. you can't ride it without right. shoes. Yeah. Um, and... And then somebody gave me Nick's name and it just was just started from there basically and he was so great because he supported me through everything and I'd ring him up and I'd be like oh my god this is not working and the first year was really difficult because I had a lot to learn and back then hoof boots weren't great so yeah. it was kind of big chunky fellows on a really fine built thoroughbred right. and it, it didn't look cool at all um, but and everybody doubted me and I doubted myself but there was no other choice because yeah. cook, I had cook to give it a go. Yeah. So I think by the end of the year, um, we'd gone from you know, going out with my friends and it was a nightmare because we'd be going, oh my God, we need to stop because Jane's lost her hoof boot again. Right. You know, it was really kind of deflating. To a year later, I was like riding up front and my horse was just going amazing. Barefoot without no the boots. Right. Round the forest, just totally blew me away did you at that point understand like how you'd got to there or were you still like how how like i thought that we always needed shoes the whole thing was just so emotional for me because it 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 introduced me to a whole new thing a whole new group of friends a whole another way of thinking it even changed the way that i ate do you know what i mean and thought about food and how animals are kept it wasn't quite so much about the whole shoe thing yeah um it was a massive um gift to me and i just thought that all the, the sleepless nights and the tears that I've been through for this horse, there must be so many other people out there in the yeah. same situation. And I just felt that I really wanted to just go out and go, do you know what, I've been there. If nobody's helping you, I can help you. Let's let's give this a go. Um, so I completely started this business by accident. Um, and it wasn't really for the for anything other than the fact that I've been given such a gift myself that I wanted to share it. And help other people. And help yeah. other people. So how did you get all the training that you needed? So you decided about, okay, so I've met, is it Nick Hill? Yeah. So how did you decide then, right, okay, so barefoot trimming, that's the way forward. Did you see that there was a gap in the market, that there weren't many barefoot trimmers? How did you decide that that was what you were gonna do for a job? Um, I just found that everybody then wanted me to trim their horse's feet. And, and that was kind of okay, but there was lots of questions that I had and knowledge that I didn't know. And so certain things I could probably help them do and, and other things I didn't feel confident about. Um, and at the same time, my lovely friend Sarah Oliver was also getting this whole thing as well and decided to do this. And she had gone away and trained and um, encouraged me because I didn't have a lot of money, I had a young family and I found it really difficult that whole being at home thing all the time to yeah. going back to work. 
Um, so she was a really good encouragement to get me back on to doing something and, and, and good about this. Um, and eventually we went to Spain and I trained with Liberated Horsemanship. Right. And yes. they were just so great. Is that Bruce Knock? Yeah. 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 Um, and everybody there, Steve Hebrock as well, um, just all just so lovely. And um, again, like-minded people. Um, but it wasn't the fact that they were trying to brainwash you into all horses must be barefoot and blah, blah, blah. It was more about the education of the benefits of it. Yeah. Um, and, and the bigger thinking of, you know, just changing the way that we are with horses that, you know, a lot of horses are kept in the way that you wouldn't be allowed to keep an animal in the zoo. Yes. You know, if you had a if you had an elephant, you couldn't keep it like a horse is kept it, in this country. It's not allowed. Yeah. Um. So just about opening up that whole thing that horses deserve a little bit more freedom, and it makes a difference to the whole life as well in the way that they are, um, because of it. So um, so that was really where my training started, um, and after I'd had my initial kind of time away in Spain, I then had to come back and do mentorships with various trimmers. Right. Um. And then um, it's a bit like learning to drive, really. You've kind of passed your test, but then you're starting to really yes, learn. Yes, you learn it on the road, don't you? Most you're forever yeah. learning. And still today, I'm forever learning. Um, every horse is an individual. and You can't just come in with the thought that this is what this horse needs for it to make it better. You've got to keep a really open mind. Um, so for you personally, what, what do you think? How do you keep your own horse? Have you experienced any problems? What sort of cases spring to mind? Um... The horses that I've got are all very different um, and I treat them all pretty much the same. So they're out and they have a shelter. Um, sometimes we'll have a bit of a track system up just to encourage the movement and reduce the grass. Um, they don't get fed necessarily any hard feeds as such. They're just on minerals and good quality hay. Um, their exercise varies. One of them's retired. One of them is my daughter's horse that gets ridden quite a lot. And mine, as and when I can, I'd like to ride in more. Um, and I think every horse is such an individual, so you've got to look at it like um, some people could probably smoke their whole life and never get ill, and other people might smoke for 10 years and, you know, they could end up with lung cancer. Um, so it's, it is pretty much the horse is a massive individual and you've got to treat it that way. Um, but there are those ground rules that if you're going to feed your kids McDonald's every day, there's going to be a backlash on it. The same with your horse. If you don't put good stuff in, you're not going to get good stuff out. And what are the main problems that you see going around in trimming horses like you do? What sort of indicators or causes or things that people could change to assist and to help with hoof? It's most of the people are just so willing to try and make a change for the horse because it is their pride and joy um, and they want to do the best by their horse but I think one of the biggest things, the hardest things is pe where people keep the horses, it might be a livery yard or mm -hmm. something and so some of the changes that they would love to make for their horse it's just not possible. Yes, no it is difficult. Um, and I think you've got to really remember when you go and visit somebody that what you want them to do or what you would like them to do for their horse is not always possible within their budget and their capabilities so so that's always going to go against you um so you've got to try and use that personal circumstance and get the best out of that because sometimes yeah. if you put too much on a person they give up before they've even begun yeah. so you've really got to get to know the person and see what's what's attainable in that situation 
And what sort of people is it that contact you? Is it people that have had a problem like you did? Like, kind of approach you sort of, you know? I think at first, most of the people that I would get were people that um, were, were struggling either with not being able, the horse wouldn't allow the farrier near them. Um, it had a bad experience, say, so they were kind of running out of options, so they'd have right. gone down the list. Yeah. Um, and then as my business has gone on a little bit, you know, it's, it's, it's word of mouth because the horses that you are going to see and help, some of them have been on death's door, so some of them the, the vets might have wanted to put down mm -hmm. really severely laminitic. There's no other options, and you've managed to help that person bring the horse back to full health. Yes. Um, people feel that it's quite a traumatic thing to take shoes off and if you're there to support them and guide them through it and they actually achieve that, other people see that so it catches on. So yeah. there's a varying different degrees of people that you meet and, and deal with. And have you ever encountered any horses that you would advise to have shod that can't go barefoot? No. <laughs> right, okay. Why, and why do you think that is? Is that just... Um, I think the thing that holds... The horse back from becoming barefoot is mainly the person because of what what they're living with what what's capable okay for them or you know their comfort zone and they put that onto their horse so um or oh, my horse couldn't possibly do that it's not that the horse couldn't do it it's because they can't do it yeah and um, so that's generally what you're dealing with um as i say you know i've i've had horses come to me from all different places and yes, some of them have become sounder quicker than others, but everybody's been possible. It might be that some horses might always need boots for going around the forest, you know, on the yeah. really rough tracks, but I've never really seen a horse not come sound on the road. The change that's happened over the years is that people have started fertilising grounds. They're, you know, feeding cows, they're wanting more ryegrass pastures and clover. And um, that's okay for cows, but for horses, it's really not good at all. Too rich. Too rich. Too right. rich. There's also a big mineral imbalance there. You're getting a lot of potassium nitrates coming through in those grasses. They're really high in that. And are there um, any indicators that would let anyone know, know that that was the case? Behavioural issues. Such as? Um, just erratic, spooky a bit loony behaviour. Um, so it might not necessarily be the horse's temperament, it could be down to diet. So yeah, it not only yeah. affects the hooves, but it can also affect how they oh, go. Massively. Right, okay. okay. Massively. That's it. Um, really and there's outward signs as well on the horse that you can look at. You can, you know, they often get a big crest and they often get puffiness around their eyes and under their chins and their, their sheaths will swell up in geldings. And it's a big sign that the grass is not doing them any good. And what's that? What mineral is that then? What's imbalancing in there? Is so you're getting protein? too much potassium. Oh, potassium, yeah. right. Okay. Um, often horses will take that in in the spring um, and they bind that with calcium and magnesium and they can just pee it out. But horses that are grazing these lush pastures all year round, they can't get enough in their diet to deal with that, so then it starts affecting them. Right, I see. And try and change as many things as we can. So yeah. if the grass, we can't change the grazing so much, let's see if we can change the haylage over to some nice meadow hay um, can we supplement the horse's diet so it helps to balance that out salts are another good thing that the horses need that quite often that they go without um, 
in regards to salt sort of how much you know i know a lot of people have salt licks so will the horse use the salt lick do you need to add any additional salt salt licks are great and it's a good thing to have available as much as possible but the horse's tongue's not really abrasive so ah. um it struggles to get enough salt right off the salt lick alone um quite often they'll suggest to put some in their feed all oh, um, right and what yeah. would be the right amount do you think on average it's about 10 grams per 100 gram Right, so right, it's okay. quite a lot. So it's about a tablespoon, right, on a for a big horse. Um, you don't have to put it in the feed, but I've noticed that some horses you can add it to a feed, and the horse will still be licking the salt lick at the end yeah. of the day. Or you can put some like a salt lick out in a bucket, right, and let the rain rain on it, and the horse will drink the salty water. Ah, right. Um, okay. But again, each horse is an individual, so it depends on what you're doing with them are they sweating a lot yes. you know so they lose their salts out in their sweat so it varies from times a year as well no of course and so for anybody interested in sort of learning more and educating educating themselves further do you have i know myself because i've been on the course <laughs> you run courses in conjunction with is it dirty with barefoot initially um i think sarah's the one that delved into that whole thing because she's just a little bit more outgoing than me as far as that goes and you know i'd be kind of going she's very passionate she's yeah, very passionate totally. she wants to take on the world so um but again it's a lot to give a lot of people even a group of five or a group of six people um your time because people have got lots of questions so we decided that uh, the best thing to do was to do these things together because it, it is quite draining and a lot of work as much as it's a, you know enjoying you're enjoying the whole weekend or the day um, so we decided to do it together and um, when you come to the course it's it's very relaxed and um, there's people from all over the place so generally when people turn up nobody knows each other no, very lovely. well yeah yeah um, so it's always good to be able to talk and introduce people and get yeah. people to know but at, at the end of the day everybody's there with questions and they want to learn stuff so as soon as you start talking about stuff and it starts to ping up little things that are going on in each individual person's lives with their horses, clearly that gets, gets their interest. And it's so rewarding to be able to, yes, we don't know it all, um, but be able to give the information that we've got across to help people and so that they can see changes. And again, when we're doing the trimming courses and we've got the cadaver leg. It's so funny because people will come along and go, I'm going to come and do the course. But I don't live out I just like that. don't think I can do this part. And we're going, no, it's totally fine. Honestly, there's no problem with that. And they'll sit at the side and you'll start trimming the horses. You'll take the feet and you'll take the shoes off and stuff. And by the end of it, they're like, they're totally in there. And you're like, can I do that one? And they're like, you've got to do And so that's really lovely because it is a, is a, an educational, it's a passion it's a knowledge that you want to oh, gain. And as soon as you start looking at those hoofs, you're kind of like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, it is. So it becomes something else. I've still else got one then. in my freezer at home. Have you really? Yeah, I have. My mum's like, what, what are we doing with this hoof? Are you salting it? Or are you keeping it? What's going on? Because it's taking a lot of space in the freezer at the moment. It's so interesting because say you, get a, you find a hoof there and it's got something wrong with it quite often we'll rot it down. Yes. So we'll have that conversation that. about, yep. look, this horse has been really laminitic. Um, and it's been lam laminitic for a long time, so they will rock the hoof capsule down, 
we might we might take the hoof capsule off so you can see the lamina yes. and see the damage in there and then we'll rock the hoof capsule down and you'll then you'll find that the pedal bone's actually been damaged due to that as mm -hmm. well yeah. it might have been that it had an abscess dug out and you can see the damage that goes through to the bone on that I'm as well. digging out the abscess yes yeah, yes so it's just interesting isn't it and it's it's just knowledge so that it's not that we're we're trying to dictate anything to anybody but it's just so that when you go back and you're looking at your own horse, you can see what effects that you're doing, the things that you do, how what effects it has upon them. You get a better understanding. Yeah. And, and knowledge is key, isn't it? It is. And it it's is. and it's it's nice to be able to. I wish I knew what I knew, what I know now back then because you know it made such a difference to that first horse that I had. Yeah. You know, so much quicker. Yeah. Um, and I really was so clueless. And, and that's a shame, isn't it? Because I've been to horse college for a couple of years and done the whole course and the science and stuff. And, and I did learn a lot, but there's a lot of things that I didn't learn that I wish I had learned. Um, and there's a lot of stuff out there that I think there's still to learn. Um, I think basically it's just, it comes back to a lot of the things about the way that you're feeding your horse, the way that you're keeping your horse. So this is why we, um, I personally don't go around telling people that they need to take their, their shoes off their horse because I, I don't think that's what you need to do. Um, I really just want to improve the knowledge in fact about how people are feeding their horses because, and the way that they're keeping their horses because that's what's affecting the horse's health. So how does feed and diet and lifestyle and how you keep your horse impact upon the hooves? It's, it's a lot to do with inflammation in the horse's system. If you look at um, kind of people today, uh, in comparison to maybe in the 1920s, say, we didn't eat a lot of sugary stuff back then, and we exercised an awful lot more. Yeah. Um, same with horses. You know, years ago, the, the horses were pulling the carts, um, whereas these, these days, we're pulling them around in trailers, you know? So a lot of the foods that are available for horses these days, when you actually look at the labels, the stuff that they contain is not necessarily great mm -hmm. um, and I think we just look at this lovely shiny bag and think that it's going to fix all our problems um, and I think you just need to delve in a little bit deeper and also horses just aren't getting the exercise that they used to I'm not saying that's the case for everybody because some people do ride their horses an awful lot but it shows um, and I think those are the missing things so you, you can work really hard and you can have a barefoot horse, but that's not going to work for you if you haven't got the diet right. You are what you eat. If you can't get your horse enough exercise, you know, it's, it's, it's going to struggle. Um, and, and that's going to take an effect upon its system and whether it can go barefoot or not. It, the, yeah, the thing is, it's a bit like, um, like somebody walking with shoes on their feet. If they suddenly took their shoes off their feet, it's going to be pretty sore walking yes. around. Um, you, you've got to kind of understand that if the horse has had its shoes on, it's not been using its foot properly, yes. nothing's developed. It's not not just outside, it's not the hoof wall outside and the frog, it's also the tissues inside too. Yes. So um, quite often you can often take a shoe off a horse and it'll be pretty sound because maybe the digital cushion inside is pretty good too and the wall's not too bad. Quite often you can take a shoe off a horse and it'll have no wall, nothing to walk on at all. If that horse isn't landing correctly on its foot, so generally when the horse's foot lands, um, it, it generally doesn't, uh, this is a difficult one because some people want to aim for heel landing, the, the foot just lands. Yes. If, if the horse's foot lands heel first all the time, you're going to end up with navicular pain. 
it's not normal. It, it just lands flat. It's like a plane like a plane coming to land, or a, yes. it just lands. Yeah, dependent on the day. Yeah. So um, and it should always land underneath itself as well. It doesn't land out the front because then it's on the forehand. But um, it, it's using firstly, it is using the wall of the hoof. Mm -hmm. Um, the frog does play a part, but it, it comes in secondary. If the if the frog lands first, your horse is going to be sore. So there is a little bit of a system that works there with yes. the horse's hoof, and getting that right also helps your horse to be comfortable. But even if everything's there in the right place, if you're not feeding your horse quite right and it's got inflammation in its system, the lamina is going to be inflamed, yes. so then your horse is going to be foot sore. What are you on Facebook, Jane? What's your name? So um, can... My name is Jane Cooney, um, and my page for my business is just, is just Hoofs, and that's kind of attached to that main thing. So. Are you alright if anybody like, reaches out oh and has got any questions? Yeah, oh my god, please just get in touch with me if you want to, because I do get a lot of people just kind of messaging and asking certain things, or I might just come out and visit somebody as a one-off, yes. um, and just help them with a, a silly little thing. And it might just be that one little thing that they need and then they're sorted, you know, yes. for the rest of the time. So, yes, you know, I'm totally available in that way. But um, I've just found that I've got to a point where um, your life's a bit crazy. Locally, you've got your yeah, business. Yeah. But that, that's a massive undertaking considering sort of heavy farriers are out there. So it just goes to show the amount of people that have perhaps gone through farriers and be like, God, this still isn't working for me. And then mm -hmm. you're fully booked. So, you know, you're like, yeah, I'm happy to answer your questions if you mess me on Facebook, but I'm fully booked for clients at the moment. That still says there's a massive need for people, you know, that can't keep shoes on horses and that are looking for that alternative, which is, you know, nice and reassuring that people are still... It's a big in industry out there, isn't it? Yes, there's it is. more horses out there than you realise. Yes. So this is why I think that there's, you know, there's still those needs for farriers and things like that because people are living different lifestyles and there is a place for a barefoot trimmer out there and there is a lot of people that, that don't chew the horses and I think we can all just kind of bumble along happily together for now, you know. Thank you, Jane, for coming thank on you. the show. Thank Thanks, you. guys. A big thank you to Jane there from Just Hooves. We hope that you found that as interesting and informative as we did. Up next, we've got Beth, the Cobbs and me. She's doing a fantastic rider review. We think that you're going to love this product and rush out to buy it. On from that, Amy's joining us again to announce the winners of the results of the online horseshowing.com competition that we sponsored. And then, of course, we've got our Instagram shout outs. Enjoy the rest of the show. We'll be back after this short break. Have you checked out Digital Horse yet? It's a new Facebook for horses. Even they have their own profiles. Go online, create a free account today. You don't have to have a horse to get involved. Digital Horse, the equestrian social network. Hi, my name's Beth and you can find me on Instagram as the Cobbs and me. I have a team of four horses. Three are traditional Cobbs. And one is a thoroughbred cross cob. Um, we participate in dressage, eventing, showing, and the three cobs are driven as well. Um, I was out and shopping in B&M Bargains, and whenever I'm out and about, I always have a quick look just to see if there's anything that I could potentially use. Because three of the horses are coloured, Keeping them clean can be quite an effort and you can guarantee before a show they will find a way to get themselves as filthy as possible. And so when I came across the Sparkle and Shine household scrub gloves, 
um, I was really interested uh, because they are a heavy duty silicone glove and they've got soft bristles across the palm and the fingers. They come in two sizes that I could see, which were a small slash medium and medium slash large. Uh, just for just to give an idea of sizes, I got the medium slash large and I wear size eight riding gloves. Um, they come in two colours, which is a pale blue or a pale green. And the best part is they are only $3.99, which I thought was an absolute bargain. Um, I've used them to scrub out buckets, water bowls, uh, water drinkers. Uh, but the main reason I got them is because, they, as it turns out, they are absolutely perfect for washing the horses. Um, three of the cups are varying degrees of heavy feathers. Um, but one of them is ridiculously hairy and I always found getting through that feather without them knotting and trying to get to the skin and get rid of the grease and the grime. Um, I always found that really quite difficult either using my hands or a brush and I found that with these gloves I'm able to get right down and because the bristles are so soft um, they don't knot the hair and they also don't scratch the skin so they don't cause any irritation or anything like that and because you can rub them together in your hands you can actually lather up the product before you put it onto the hair um, when you come to washing the horse's bodies they are absolutely brilliant I found that you get a much better result from these when rather than using your hands or a brush as like say you can put the product directly on the gloves or if you put the product directly into the coat um, it just seems to be able to spread it further and sort of get a better, deeper clean on it. And I've used it on both manes and tails as well. Um, I found that it's really, really good for the base of the mane um, where you can really kind of get into the, the sort of base of the, the mane and really get rid of some of the grease and mess that can end up building up there. Um, the tails as well I found it really handy for the thicker tails because our boys are a varying degree of thin and thick um so I found it really helpful to really get in there as well um they're not tight on your hands like a, a rubber glove would be um however they are actually textured on the inside so they don't slip around as you're using them so if your hands do end up wet they don't end up sort of sticking to you and you can't get them on and off type things so they're really handy um and I overall I think they're just a really fantastic product that is totally affordable and a real asset for anybody on the yard for no matter whether it's for washing the horses or just for general everyday maintenance so thank you Big thank you to Betha and all the other guests for coming on the show. And of course, a massive thank you to everybody who listens. The Horse Feed UK is a podcast for the equestrian community and without your contribution, it wouldn't be possible. We were super excited to be sponsoring the online showing class um, over at onlinehorseshowing.com. We sponsored the newcomers class. We were really pleased. There were so many entries. We looked through every single one we're so gutted that we couldn't give you all the prize because we really really wanted to but as promised we said that we would read out the winners congratulations to everyone that entered it was so hard to judge we wanted to give everyone something but if not we always get a shout out if you dm us so congratulations and please everyone 
share your photos tag them when you get your rosettes we would love to see you and follow you as well and see how you're getting on in the future so in first place we had lauren really and jasper second helen truby and pagan third veronica tyler and dolly fourth vicky gaden and bigwig maybell fifth megan davis and millie sixth emma guy and barrio seventh fiona bray and maggie eighth tanisha mayo and cedric ninth emma Han hallam and Basil, 10th, Katie Hayes, and Rath Mooney, Brittany. And we also had four special awards, and they go to Gracie Hobbs and Grace, Anne Booson and Ant, Katie ben Benham and Summer, and Evie Grace Moore and Friars Jude. Very acrobatic, impressive skills there. If you want some feedback, feel free to contact us and ask. Most definitely. And if you missed out on this competition, guys, or you know you, you want to enter an online showing competition, you've not tried it yourself, please do head over to onlinehorseshowing.com. Also, if you keep your eyes peeled on our website, which will be released um, going live on the, around about the 6th of July, we will be running our own cover star competition. That will be £2.50 to enter and all the details will be on the website. That leads us nicely over to our shout outs. First up, we're going to do Instagram. So we love watching you all on Instagram and we've been chatting to a few different people that it's been so much fun. A shout out to Karen at Cantley Box, Hoofbeats Kent, Scarlett underscore Bubblicious, Charlotte Douglas Dressage, Gina underscore Lisa underscore 2010 and View from the Mucky. We've really enjoyed looking at those accounts. On from that, we've got XXX Emma Equestrian, XXX, Cheryl Bernadette Buckley, The Cobbs and Me, Camille XX Amelia XX06, Floyd Buckley Humphreys 2009, and My12.2Bay, Alana Little. Thank you guys for all the shout outs there. Always appreciate it. From that, we're moving over to Digital Horse, Grace Marshall, Delilah O'Neill, and Victoria Christmas. We've had a few crossover likes and tags and comments on Facebook. Jasmine Pogue, hi, Eden Markle, Trixie Hughes. Debbie Harrison, hi Debbie, thank you so much for your likes and your follows. And um, we've also got Hannah Griffin. Hannah is running an endurance charity challenge for World Horse Welfare. It's a five mile optimum time ride and or a 55 mile fitness challenge. Um, you can win some amazing rosette sashes and trophies. If you're interested, get involved. Hello baby. As always, thank you so much for listening to the Horse Feed UK podcast. We really appreciate it and we love seeing what you've all been up to across social media. Stay tuned and do like and follow to keep up to date. We will be launching a website on the 6th of July. We're really excited about this because at the same time, we're going to be launching our brand ambassador search and our cover star competition. Keep up to date, follow us, let us know what you think of the show. Until next time, stay safe.